Welcome to episode five of Don't Waste a Good Recession, where at last I will answer the number one question I've received, when will the coronavirus recession end? I want to start out firstly by thanking so many of the loyal listeners and viewers, the people who've jumped into the Facebook group and gave their feedback this week about which parts of the presentation and the community they're valuing most. Really excited, and if you're not part of that Facebook group, please do jump in and be part of the conversation. One of the things that I received a lot of feedback about is how we start each and every one of these weekly episodes, and that is with our meditation. There is so much noise going on in business at the moment. If you have a team, it will be magnified. Your inbox, your LinkedIn feed are being swamped with a whole lot of conversation, people who mean well, but are just adding noise. What I want to do is take things off your plate, give you clarity. And that starts with part of my daily routine, part of our weekly routine, which is this grounding meditation. So I'd invite you, please, wherever you are seated, listening, watching, to just close your eyes, lean back into the chair, the lounge, whatever it is that's supporting you, and actually feel that support. Feel the support in your back, underneath, feel the earth underneath your feet, holding you up, supporting. And when it feels comfortable, take your mind to your breathing, starting with a deep breath in through your nose and deep into your lungs, out through your mouth. In deep through your nose, and out through your mouth. One more in through the nose and out through the mouth. Yes, there is that noise. And maybe even as we do this brief meditation, you find thoughts popping into your head, questions, comments. Don't fight them. Don't buy into them. Acknowledge them and let them go. And that's the practice for you as a business leader you need to encourage, rehearse and implement day by day, sometimes even minute by minute. So when all that noise in the world comes at you, not to fight it, not to buy into it, just to acknowledge it, let it go and remain focused on what it is that is most important to you in that present moment. As we discussed in episode four, that point of power. And the point of power we have right now is going into and continuing the conversation about how you can lead your business to not dive, to not even just survive, but to thrive through the opportunities being created by this recession. One final breath in through the nose, and as you exhale, the palms of your hands together, press them together, open your eyes. As I've shared for those who are listening or watching for the first time, taking that minute or two at the start of each one of these conversations helps ensure that the value you receive from what follows is magnified because you are focused, because you are grounded, because you are present. As I've said, if you're not already a member of the Facebook group, if you're not leaving comments on YouTube or on LinkedIn, 
please feel free to be part of this conversation. If there's any question, however small or significant, that we haven't covered, that you want support from your peers in the group or from me as a business advisor with recession experience, contact me directly or put them into the group. We are here to help. Let us jump in then to this week's economic snapshot. As promised last week, we've made some changes to how we're tracking the coronavirus. We've shifted from total cases to active cases. After two consecutive weeks of total cases slowing, we now wanna focus on how well we as individual countries and as a globe are moving towards some form of control or eradication. As you can see there, the UK, the US and Australia, which are the three countries where most viewers are from, are having mixed results. The UK and the US indeed are tracking fairly closely on a diagrammatic form to what's happening globally, where the number of active cases continues to increase, it continues to move up the S-band. Australia seems to be having some success with flattening the curve, and indeed that's its second consecutive week of decline in live active cases. Now, if that trend were to continue in Australia, and that's a big if, uh, we could very well find that the island country is coronavirus free within six to eight weeks. Big if, I wouldn't want to buy into that, but those are the lead indicators that are really going to give us an idea of when economies will reopen and what we can be doing as business owners to make sure that we're ready for those uh, to reopen. In terms of the stock markets, it was another fairly flat week. Uh, so even though there's some ups and downs charted there, again, it was fairly flat. The bump, what I've been calling the dead cat bounce off the back of the stimulus packages across the world, seems to have subsided. That growth hasn't continued. And similarly, we haven't regressed at this point. To be honest, talking to business owners in Australia where I'm living and also in the UK and North America where I have clients, the speed with which those stimulus packages are actually ending up in people's pockets is a concern. And so I think there's a lot of waiting going on from both the markets and many business owners to see whether or not they have the desired effect of stimulating the economy and, and uh, you know, supporting jobs. Speaking of jobs, unemployment rate, the change there we have this week is that Australia's March figures have come out at 5.2% unemployment, an increase of 0.1%, similar to the US we talked about last week. That just doesn't cover the whole March period and encompass everything from the coronavirus situation. Uh, the US new jobless claims, remember this was a statistic that as of a month ago, had never gone above 600,000 new jobless claims in a week. Uh, it's now had its fourth consecutive week of enormous levels. It has slowed. It went 3.3 million, 6.8 million, 6.6, 5.2. That's more than 20 million Americans that we know of who have lost their job in the last month. The speed of that hasn't been reflected in any previous recession. It has been somewhat reflected in the stock markets. And it's that speed that we're going to talk about when we talk about today, when this recession will end, because it's a very, very telling lead indicator of what's going to happen ongoing. Uh, however, those headline official figures, uh, and we do still wait on the UK the week after next, 
they're really still not capturing all of the story. And of course, the March quarter GDP, which we expect to be significantly down uh, across the UK, the US, Australia, and indeed most economies, uh, we will uh, get that information in another two to three weeks on average. And so we don't yet have that indication. Company profits and company forecasts are starting to come out. Reporting season, particularly in the US, has started. So far, again, they're not fully reflecting the coronavirus situation, except in their guesstimates of what's going to happen in June. So the March quarter is going to be bad. However, it's not going to necessarily show all of the lingering issues that are going on with the economy. And so far, the June quarter is only best guess, some of which is a little bit optimistic. Your priorities for this week. When will your business shift from respond to recovery phase? If you haven't seen that language, if you haven't watched, listened to some of the previous episodes, I will explain the specifics of what we mean by respond and recovery. And then when are we as an economy likely to shift from the plan to the execute and then to the profit? If you can get those timeframes right, then you can make absolutely sure that you're investing the right things for your business. So if we look at this part of the economic cycle, this way of representing the ups and downs that go through the boom and bust cycle, and you can see that I break it down into those four areas. The respond phase, when we first move from boom into a downturn. The planning phase, where you as a business owner need to take responsibility for planning for life after the recession, what will look, look like after the recession because we don't go back. That brief execution point, which is the bottom of the economy, the bottom of your sector in your business, and then what follows, which is the profit. The two things I'm talking about this week are the transition from respond to plan and that transition from plan through execution into profit. If you get those right, you will be ahead of the game. You go too early, if you're too optimistic with the time frame, then you can burn cash investing at the wrong time, giving the wrong message to your potential clients. If you go too late, you will also significantly miss out. You think about how restaurants are going to look the weekend that lockdown, that isolation ends. Every single one of them is going to be as full as they're allowed to be. Imagine being the restaurant that wasn't ready to reopen, that reopened the following weekend or the weekend after that. How much revenue, how much profit would you have missed just by missing that execution point by two weeks? That's why it's critical to understand those timeframes. So the transition from respond into plan. Now, the response phase I like to quote Mike Tyson, who says that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. You probably have some kind of business plan. Maybe it is written down. Maybe it's up in your head. Maybe it's a gut feel. Whatever you thought in January you were going to be focusing on and achieving in 2020, I guarantee that that has changed somewhat. In some cases, absolutely for the better. For most businesses, however, they've had to take a step back. They've taken that body blow and they've had to respond. Now, respond, very different from react. You still have control. You still have the ability to be calm, thoughtful, mindful, intentional with your decisions as a business leader. What you want to start doing 
is shifting from response because your business is now stabilized and into that plan for the future. When you're going to be able to do that does depend on your business specifically, the health of your business going into this recession, and also your sector, how your industry has been affected. And there's some great statistics uh, that are here on the YouTube version, uh, which go through uh, about 15 different industries uh, and looking at consumption in Australia week to week. And we can see that uh, gyms and fitness travel as the two worst hit industries. Uh, gyms and fitness, which the Australian government have shut down. So they were much like restaurants, uh, many cafes, a lot of other activities several weeks earlier, they were just turned off at government behest. And that has obviously had a massive impact. Uh, travel because of coronavirus, because of fears, and then because of lockdowns, isolations, uh, and various decisions made by consumers, by governments, and by those businesses, travel continues to decline. And the flip side, and you've probably all seen great stories about this, is the industries that are booming. I talk about how the founder of Zoom, Evan Wan, is now worth more money than Richard Branson, because he's got the Zoom technology that suddenly everybody's using, while Richard Branson is heavily invested in lifestyle and travel assets. Home improvement is something that we're seeing a lot. Uh, that's one of the top Industries that has benefited from this, both DIY and in the countries where it's still permitted, a lot of trades. Food delivery services have gone through the roof as people stay in lockdown. Online retail and sales have increased, for better or for worse, depending on your perspective sector, and hopefully it's something that people are doing with money they can afford to lose. Online gambling in this survey was the number one industry in Australia for growth week on week uh, when this survey was done last week. So if you're in some of those industries, you're actually having a very different experience from what most of the news is covering, the businesses that are shutting down, that are furloughing staff. You also need to respond, of course, if suddenly demand for your services has doubled, and that's a temporary measure. You need to make sure that you respond calmly instead of reacting by hiring a whole heap of people, doubling your prices, burning bridges for the long term. So the individual industry sector you're in, what has caused it to have the response that it has had to the coronavirus recession so far is going to dictate exactly how we transition, in your case, from respond to plan. And here's five specific examples that will cover uh, the majority of businesses, but of course, not all businesses, and not every business is going through this the same. I'm still talking to business owners who have good relationships with their competitors, and they're seeing situations where you know, my client, for instance, is having a record month and their competitors have seen the revenue cut in half. So there's no one size fits all. These are generalizations that you have to apply to yourself. The first industry that I wanna talk about is hospitality. So when will hospitality shift from the respond phase into the planning? Uh, and that will start to happen when we see the gradual reopening of restaurants, of um, lifestyle, movie cinemas, all of these kind of things, that will absolutely be a gradual process. While the government in many countries shut down restaurants overnight, turned them into takeaway only establishments overnight, the pickup is not going to be that rapid. They're not suddenly going to be allowed to reopen. 
one of the most common predictions that I'm reading is the forecast that seating plans will have to be much more sparse. That a restaurant may be able to reopen, but where previously it could fit 90 people, it will now only be able to fit 40 or 45. Now that's going to be better than nothing. It's still going to mean that you're responding to the situation in terms of staffing levels, supply, catering, marketing, all of those kind of things. Uh, if I use the Australian example, because we seem to be ahead of the UK and the US at managing this, and so those internationally will be able to see how Australia moves through this. Uh, I think it's going to be when the, the live cases start to drop below about 100 per state. Uh, and if I jump us back very quickly to have a look at where we're actually at, there are two and a half thousand cases active in Australia right now. So for that to drop to 600 or less is going to take uh, very much at least another month. So anybody who's predicting that things are going to reopen within the next month uh, is a little bit optimistic. Travel, travel sector, leisure sector, domestic tourism, international tourism, and I've separated out how domestic and international will be impacted. Domestic travel will absolutely reopen in most countries before international borders do. So I think, uh, I think domestic travel will uh, shift from respond into that planning phase as those live cases drop to zero. So it will be after hospitality. You'll be able to go to a restaurant before you're able to go out and uh, you know, go on a holiday, go on a cruise ship uh, you know, locally. Uh, you know, go and do a day trip, any of those kind of things. International travel is going to be much harder to implement. We still have the situation in many countries, including China, where the majority of active cases are people who are being repatriated home. And even though a lot of commercial airlines are no longer operating, there are still a lot of mercy flights, government funded flights that are bringing people back who have been exposed. So really opening up the borders to international travel, I can't see that happening until we have a vaccine that is being implemented, not just designed, but implemented. We'll talk a little bit more about timeframes on that regard, uh, but if you want a quick answer, I can't see international travel reopening with the year 2020 on the calendar. Uh, trades, trade-based businesses, uh, and this is one where the different government responses are certainly having an effect on how hard your business has been hit, uh, and therefore how much you've had to respond and how quickly you'll be able to shift from response into planning. So in Australia, the USA, they haven't had, overall, the US has very much been federalised. It's a state-based response. They haven't had the uh, big impact that the UK has had around a lot of trade-based businesses. So in Australia and the UK, the two big government stimulus packages in Australia, it's JobKeeper, which is the government funding jobs, in the US, it's the uh, Small Medium Business Grant Program, which we talked about last week, has already run out of money. When that money starts arriving, trades are going to be in a position to much better plan for their future. So every trade business that I'm talking to at the moment in Australia is chugging along okay. Some have had a bigger hit, some are growing, uh, but they're all kind of going along okay. They're sitting on their hands a little bit because they want that government stimulus money. They want to know when that's hitting their pockets, what that means for their cash flow. And once that gets into the pockets of their customers, what that is going to do for forward orders. 
So in Australia and the US, trade-based businesses will shift much sooner than hospitality. It could very well be in the next two to four weeks that those businesses really get a feel for how the next three to six months of their business is going to look and can therefore start planning for the time beyond that. The UK really is something that you've got to wait until we're post-lockdown. Uh, and again, the government coming out just today and talking about how that will be many months away, not something that's going to shift in the middle of May. Uh, professional services have been much more spared uh, around having to respond to the coronavirus recession. Many, many professional services can work from home, can be done. A lot of it is technology-based anyway, even if you were all sitting in an office. Once you've spoken with every active client, once you've forecast your cash flow accordingly, you are going to be in a position to start planning for the future, and indeed some already are, and retail. Retail has absolutely been hit, particularly the old school bricks and mortars without an online offering. If you haven't started planning for the future now, you really do need to. The time to have that immediate response has passed. You now need to think about how your business needs to change for the future. And if you think that it's just going to be waiting for government stimulus packages or waiting for uh, the economies to reopen for lockdown to end and you're gonna be able to open up your shop and the people are gonna start coming back then you eventually will have another thing coming and it will be a very expensive mistake. So as we can see, some businesses, some sectors will already have been through the response phase. Others, it's some way away, but there are some triggers that you can keep an eye on so that you know when that is going to happen. Your specific response criteria, when your revenue stabilizes. So if you have had a drop in revenue, once you have consecutive weeks that feel like they are at the bottom, once your forward orders stabilise, uh, that's a good indicator that you have weathered the economic toll of the recession as it looks so far. The longer term recession effects will come a little bit later and you will have to manage those. Beware even in your business, the dead cat bounce. That's not just a stock market term. There are in some instances people who are suddenly finding themselves at home with a lot of surplus cash. They're not spending money on petrol, they're not going out to dinner or the movies, that expensive holiday they had planned has now been cancelled, taken off their budget for the year. And so they're feeling relaxed. Maybe they're still in work, maybe they're feeling the benefits of some uh, progressive government stimulus packages, they're feeling good. And so they're spending. As this recession lingers, as more people lose their jobs who thought that they were going to be safe, and we start to realise that this is not going to be a recovery until 2021 at the earliest, some of those people will start to get scared, they will spend less. So do be mindful of who your customers are, how they are having to respond and plan to the recession, and make sure that that isn't just a short-term bump that you're benefiting from. The other two criteria for you, so criteria one when your revenue stabilises, the other two are much more subjective. When you find yourself with the headspace to start thinking week to week, not day to day, that's a great sign. That's a great sign that you've responded sufficiently and you can start looking forward. So many business owners I know are very much still day to day. What have I got to get done today? Who have I got to call? How's the team going? How's the cash flow? We're we getting work out the door, etc. Once you start thinking week to week, how's next week looking? How maybe even is next month looking? How are we going for sales, for forward orders? That is a great sign that the response phase is ending. And when your gut feel says to move on, then listen to that intuition. Just 
Beware the five mistakes of the recession. It's the second video on the Don't Waste a Good Recession YouTube playlist. It's from February 2019, so it's a little over a year ago as part of my forecasting of this recession. Uh, we had a video called The Counter Cyclical Recession Response and why that was important. I walked through the five most common mistakes that business owners make in a recession and how to avoid them. So if you haven't watched that video, jump on, make sure you don't fall into those traps. So how is your business going against those criteria? Has your revenue stabilized? Is your headspace opening up? And is your gut feel saying that you can move on? The response phase is normally about three months. So for most of the world, that might look like March to May of 2020. Obviously, some countries hit this sooner. China, December, January was when it began. Uh, Hong Kong started coming out, perhaps a little prematurely, but was certainly well ahead, while other countries, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, are behind. They're really only starting to get here in April to where the US, the UK were in March. So again, most of the viewers here, US, UK, Australia, March to May is the rough timeframe for that response. That means we're about to head into the planning. So how long will the planning phase last? How long are we going to sit there before we fully execute those plans and profit from the new reality? Well, this depends on the shape of the recession. There are three types of recessions. Again, we've got a video that's on the YouTube playlist from December 2018, where I talked about those three shapes, V, L, and W. I'm not going to rehash that video. Uh, I will focus on the V and the L. A W-shaped recession, a double-dip recession, is something that does happen as part of the normal macroeconomic cycles. It's something that uh, happens about every 35 to 40 years. It's what we experienced in the 1930s, in the late 1970s, early 80s, and again through the global financial crisis. Having just had a W-shaped recession, we are not going to have another W-shaped recession. You will also hear some people talk about a U-shaped recession. A U is just hedging bets. It's basically halfway between a V and an L, and knowing that it's going to be a U-shape doesn't actually tell you anything or help you out. So I'm going to focus on the two options we have in front of us, a V-shaped recession, an L-shaped recession, and what that means for the respond, recovery, execute, profit plan. So if we think of a V-shaped recession, and these aren't strict formal criteria, it's not a matter of looking at percentages and economists all agreeing, this is very much a gut feel based essentially on how the stock markets, GDP markets look going through the recession. You think of the letter V, it comes down at about a 45 degree angle, it hits the bottom and it immediately bounces back up. This is the most common type of recession. However, for reasons we're going to talk about, I don't think it is what we're going to experience through the coronavirus recession. Uh, and you can see on the diagram that the response and the plan phases are coming down, that execute point is quite brief, and then we benefit from the profit all the way back up. An L-shaped recession obviously looks different, otherwise we wouldn't have a different name for it. The letter L drops much more steeply. So where a V comes down at an angle, the letter L drops almost vertically down. And then instead of bouncing back up, it bounces along the bottom. You can see if you have a look at the 
uh, the four arrows, respond, plan, execute, profit, which of course are linked to the economic cycle, that the shape of the L eventually picks up again. An L-shaped recession doesn't mean we stay down the bottom forever. We will eventually pick up. We will have the profit phase, the economic upturn. And you can start to see, if you're looking at the diagram, how some people do think of that as the letter U, because it can be a little bit more gradual. And you can see why then I say, let's ignore the letter U as an option. The U is essentially a shallow L-shaped recession. Now, the two worst case scenarios for an L-shaped recession are Japan coming out of the 1980s and Greece coming out of the global financial crisis. In those cases, you have two modern economies that have still not, decades on, gotten back to the point that they were at. So an L-shape can mean a recession that turns into a depression that stays down at the bottom for much longer. It can also just reflect a recession that goes down, that has a period of flatness, and then picks up. So unlike a V or a W, it doesn't bounce directly off the bottom. So what are the key differences between a V-shaped recession and an L-shaped recession? Well, it is that period of flatness. It's how quickly it drops to the bottom and how long it stays at that bottom. With an L, we drop faster and we stay at the bottom longer. That means that that fast response phase uh, carries us a lot further towards the bottom, but also that we must spend longer in the planning for the future phase. Remember, we don't want to open too early. We don't want to jump ahead of where the markets are ready. If you act like it's a V-shaped recession and it's actually an L-shaped recession, you will burn a lot of cash, uh, a lot of goodwill by being open for business when the economy is not ready to be open for business. So the fundamental difference, apart from the, how it looks going down, is how long the planning phase lasts before you really can fully execute those plans. So which of these are we going to have? Two surveys, one from the Bank of America that really focused on uh, those four options, including the U-shape. And you'll see 52% of quote-unquote investors, and I'm not entirely sure the criteria for who they surveyed, but 52% thought it was going to be a U-shape. So if we accept that the U-shape is the answer you give when you're not sure, U for unsure, you're hedging your bets, uh, and that really, at best, a U-shaped recession is a shallow L, then between that and the actual L-shaped answer, the, the majority, more than twice as many people think we're going to have what I'm calling the L-shaped recession than either of the other options. Uh, it's interesting, I did an analysis for a conference where I spoke on this topic in mid-March, and I had a look at who was predicting a V and who was predicting an L at that point. The majority back in early March were predicting a V-shaped recession. Uh, Boston Consulting Group, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, Bank of International Settlements, all in early March were saying they thought this was going to be a V-shaped recession. At that point, I and others like Bank of America, UCLA, Bob, Business of Brand, were all saying, no, this is going to be an L-shaped recession. Why were we so confident? Well, primarily the speed of that downturn. As we've talked about, 20 million Americans out of work in four weeks. That has not happened before, not even close to having happened before. That is a fast drop. That is not a V-shaped gradual decline. Similarly, what the stock markets did, in some cases, well, the Dow Jones 
just on a points basis, had many of the largest single day drops in its history. From a percentage basis, it dropped more on a single day than any other day other than Black Monday in 1987. You know what Black Monday precipitated? An L-shaped recession. And there's some bigger macroeconomic conversations that we will have in the future about how an L-shaped recession often does sit in these expansive macroeconomic times. So the period of growth between the global financial crisis and roughly the year 2030 is going to be a significant growth period in the global economy. It's not uncommon for the economy to get a bit ahead of itself and have a steep step back in that time. That's what happened in the late 80s. And that, in many ways, is what we're experiencing now. So all of those are pointing to an L-shaped recession. And indeed, BCG, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, people who wrote those articles in March predicting a V-shaped recession have all started walking it back, either indirectly or in some cases which are to be commended. The BCG guys have actually said, we now have more data, our forecasts were wrong, this is now going to look like a U or an L. So if we're going to have an L-shaped recession, what does that mean for timing? Well, it means that the planning phase is going to be between 12 and 18 months. Any hope that our economy is going to go, quote unquote, back to normal during the year 2020 ought to be put out of your head. If you think about it this way, and every recession is different, this one is led by a pandemic. If there was a scientist who today managed to formulate the perfect vaccine, how long would that actually take to get rolled out? The testing phase, the actual manufacturing time, the distribution in a world where supply chains have been smashed, and then the actual implementation, people queuing up. You think the unemployment queues will long, wait till you see the queue when the vaccine gets released. It's physically not possible that we are going to have a vaccine within three months of it actually being discovered. And of course, it hasn't actually been discovered and tested yet. And when it does, it's highly unlikely to be perfect the first time. There's going to be testing periods back and forth getting it formulated before it's approved for use. Even that information alone ought to tell you that this recession is going to drag on. The longer a recession drags, the steeper the drop, the more work it takes to start getting it to rebuild again. A great analogy I read this week compared it to a Lego figurine, a whole Lego model that's been built and then dropped. For people who haven't experienced it before, they might think, well, we can just put the pieces back together. We know where they go, but that still takes time. Yes, you might rebuild your business. The economy may rebuild. Supply chains may rebuild faster because they know what they look like but putting all of those Lego pieces together is still going to take time. And that's before we actually consider the fact that many of us, if we're an individual Lego piece, are actually going to want to be somewhere different. We will all have changed as a result of this pandemic and of this recession. What that change looks like is going to be unknown. You're going to go back out to your clients, back out to your suppliers, potentially back out to an international market that has shifted. It's going to take you time to understand what people are buying, what they need. You need to use this recession to transform your business for the new reality. So while it's bad news that we're not going to have a V, we're not going to bounce back in the second half of 2020, 
It's good news in that that gives you time. That gives you time to work on the transformation that you want to create the business that you genuinely want to be leading into the future. And if that execution point is or after July 2021, 15 months away, then you have the time to genuinely ask yourself these key questions and to go through the planning phase. The planning phase of a recession is where I, in my work as a business coach, business advisor, bring the most value. To some of my clients who have responded strongly, who are already in strong businesses, we're starting to have these conversations. And it's incredible how much faster they're going to achieve revenue targets, how much faster new products and services are going to be able to deliver, how much faster they're going to upskill the team and themselves as a result of this crisis. It's why we say don't waste a good recession because you have over the next 12 to 18 months, once you've been through that response phase and before the execution point reaches us, you have an incredible opportunity to genuinely transform every aspect of your business. The four main areas that you will have to change in order for your business post-recession to be better than your business pre. You will change your client base and how well you know them. You will change your product, your packaging, your pricing, and how well it suits that market. You will change your sales and marketing systems. And if you do it well, you will grow market share. There's more market share achieved during a downturn than at any other point in the economic cycle, because while others are sitting on their hands, while others are licking their wounds, while others are hiding and scared and unwilling to invest, you will make the most of this opportunity. And so will your team members. The fourth transformation is both the capability and the efficiency of your team. In Australia, again, where I'm living and therefore have some additional exposure at the moment, Australia hasn't had a recession in over a generation, 30 years. Most business owners, most advisors, most team members haven't seen what my clients and I saw in London, the US, through the global financial crisis. They didn't go through the dot-com and the post-September 11 crashes. They don't know how good they've had it, but boy, are they learning fast. And once they get clear on it, the right team members, just like you, the right business leaders, are going to ask themselves, how can I use this opportunity to improve my skills, to improve the value I bring to my business, to my clients? How can I create the life I want as part of this business? If you can harness that energy, what an incredible opportunity that you will be creating. So as your business shifts from response to planning, make sure you ask yourself those four questions. What's the future of my client base, the future of my products, the future of my sales and marketing, and the future of my team? What do they all look like? I, of course, am sitting down one-on-one -on -one with clients remotely at the moment for the most part to have those conversations to run the strategic workshops. As the broader economy moves into the recovery plan phase of this L-shaped recession, increasingly the material shared here on Don't Waste a Good Recession is going to dive into the tools and frameworks that I use across all of those. Your actions this week. If you haven't already, join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash good recession. Subscribe your preference, YouTube or Spotify. Just search for Don't Waste a Good Recession and 
Thanks for all the reviews, the ratings, the likes, and the shares. Uh, and lastly, if you want to be on the specific Don't Waste a Good Recession mailing list, that is now live. jacobaldridge.com forward slash Don't Waste a Good Recession. Don't Waste a Good Recession has a hyphen between each of the words. And of course, there's no asterisk, uh, there's no uh, apostrophe in the word don't. Uh, but if you just head to jacobaldridge.com, you'll see the Don't Waste a Good Recession logo front and center. You'll receive some additional information that we will send out uh, as a result of all the various conversations that I'm having. I hope your business is almost through the re respond phase. I hope you have responded strongly, mindfully, and with intent. And I hope that the grounding you've received from how well that response has gone, how much your team and clients have stepped up, have responded, have supported you through that, gives you great confidence as we go into the recovery plan conversation, as you think about the long-term future of your business, as we head into that next 10 years of incredible economic growth. You start here today with the confidence to say, I'm not gonna be held back by limiting beliefs. I will transform this business. I will do things my way and I will benefit.